You're listening to the Social Hub Podcast, a place where we give small brands the skills and know-how to master all their social media, digital, and content marketing. I'm your host, Stacey Cranich, mum, champagne drinker, and self-confessed karaoke queen. Join me in a journey of real conversations and meaningful messages that will help you grow in your business and life so you can have the most epic version of both. If you have a big vision and are ready to shine, then grab a cuppa or a cocktail and listen in. Today, I've got something a little bit different to my normal marketing and business content to talk about, but it's still something I'm also really passionate about, motherhood. And certainly not in the sense that I'm an expert, far from it, but more in the sense of building a community of women that all know and feel understood in the journey of motherhood and business. Because both jobs are polar opposite, but we somehow manage and are almost expected to be able to do both simultaneously. We're also often put under the pressure of feeling like we have to love our job of motherhood more than our business. When in actual fact, I find both things a sanctuary of their own with things I love about each one and things that I'm also always wanting to change. With the recent pandemic, us mums have also added the extra title to our vast expanse of titles and that is the one of homeschool teacher. And I don't know about you mums, but this prospect absolutely filled me with dread. I am not a teacher and I don't want to be. If I did, I would have gone to university and become one. Not only that, we were also trying to make sense of what was happening to our businesses, our families and our lives as we knew it. So I know that for me, those first few weeks of isolation had my anxiety rearing its ugly head in full swing. My poor husband, I honestly don't know how he lives with a house full of girls most of the time. So I wanted to bring you all an episode of Real Life where there is me sharing my experience, but also a couple of other mums sharing theirs. And I have two amazing mums lined up with really unique circumstances that are doing the juggle like a pro, but yet also willing to be real and open about the challenges. Not so that we can have a bitch fest about the whole thing, but so we can share in hopes you will feel that you're not alone. Now, a little bit of background about me. I've got two girls. Their names are Ella and Marley. Ella's 11, Marley's nine, and they're both in primary school. They're very active girls, great kids. They're absolutely the love of my life, 110%. I left the corporate world two and a half-ish years ago to work from home. And I pretty much did that for them. When I was lucky enough to have them and my journey to have children is not as easy as what it has been for other people. There was a time in my life I actually was faced with the prospect of whether or not I would become a mother. So I was so grateful to be given the privilege and to be blessed with these two healthy children that I had when I had to go back to my corporate work full time when they were both babies and put them into full time daycare. It really took a chunk out of my heart, if I can be brutally honest with you. So, you know, fast forward that up to they would have been, I think they were seven and nine when I left the corporate life to venture into the journey of entrepreneurship and only to find that the juggle of entrepreneurship is not as glamorous as what they would make it out to be. 
the laptop lifestyle with children is just really more a series of comical events of women and mothers trying to cram hours of work at your laptop into small pockets of time, followed by tending to your children, potentially putting them on their devices more than they need to be, um, and constantly feeling like you're never really doing any job properly. But, you know, it's just the way it is. We're passionate about what we do, we love our children, and we find a way to make it work. I do feel really privileged also to have older kids who go to school. That means I've got six hours a day where I can cram as much work in as possible. They're also older enough that they can do chores around the house, that they can be self-directed if, you know, to a certain extent with certain things. I mean, they can brush their teeth themselves. Um, They can make their beds. They can feed the cats. If I tell them to go and do something like make a sandwich or take the rubbish down, I know that they can do that but they still fight. They're kids, they're sisters, they're fire and ice. So they're constantly getting on each other's nerves. They still back chat. They would still rather play on Roblox or TikTok than do anything else, including their schoolwork or God forbid, listen to their mother. So homeschooling has been a challenge to say the least. The battle of getting them to choose learning over a game, me being able to understand the year six English and math curriculum And also managing a year four child at the same time has been nothing short of a juggle. Add to the mix a mother who lives with you, who has been off work as well, a house to run and a husband to manage. And look, uh, hand on heart will say my husband is amazing. He is so helpful. He is an equal in our marriage. He's supportive and does all the the right things to help me get my work done. He'll take them out while I'm trying to record a podcast so that I can have a house with relative peace and quiet. I mean, I've still got cats that scratch at the door and noisy neighbours that like to mow their, their lawn and birds that like to make heaps of noise. And unfortunately, in the, the background uh, behind me is a whole new building estate going in. So there's constantly trees getting cut down and all this extra noise. But look, the point is he takes the kids out so that I can, you know, have as, as, as little noise as possible in the house distracting me. So he's, he is an amazing husband, but let's be honest, there's still another person to manage when they're home, right? And for a lot of us, our husbands have been home more as well. We've both been working from home. We've both been managing this thing together, spending more time together. And I don't know about you guys, but I often feel like our families weren't meant to spend this much time together. (laughs) Trying to keep a business running and do all the things that I needed to do just honestly in those first few weeks just felt impossible. And it it was a real challenge to work through those first few weeks up until, you know, I think it was probably Easter weekend when I started to feel like there was a light for me at the end of the tunnel. But we survived. Like I said, we're still here. I'm still here. And despite my lack of ability to do year six English tasks, I feel that so far the kids and I have done okay. I mean, they're certainly not going to get any gold star merit awards academically while they've been on homeschooling. Absolutely not. But they've done some work. They've built cubbies. They've baked cakes. They've done gardening projects. We've been walking together most days with the exception of the days that I need a solo sanity walk. And that's been really nice to be able to have that time one-on-one with them and talk about tween things and things that are 
worrying them or that they're happy about and that they've enjoyed about isolation or that they're looking forward to going back to. So much so that we actually all enrolled in the 50K in May fundraiser to raise money for MS. Um, I've always wanted to get the kids involved in charity and I thought we're walking every day so we may as well put those steps to good use and um, I put down a 50 kilometer target quickly up that to 100 and we may be going for 150 if I can get to 100 k's by the 20th of the month which is something that you know I would never have chosen to do myself let alone involve the kids in a month or two months ago. So What I find now is that there are so many things that I'm actually not ready to go back to normal yet. I find myself happy that things aren't fully open as that means we're spending more time on weekends as a family, that the 5 million social gatherings and always having something on isn't there because there's nowhere to go and we can't have as many people over and we can't have parties and we can't have gatherings. So I found that actually to be quite liberating. We've cleaned out cupboards, we've organised rooms, the girls have taken up skateboarding, we've laughed and cried together. And when it's all back to open slather, I just know that this won't be as frequent, that life will slowly get back in the way. I'll give you a little example of something that has been a fun activity and something quite entertaining for me and the kids is on one of our little walking tracks near home, there's a family of ducks. Sounds like something simple, but Marley's only nine, Ella's 11. We still love baby animals. And this mummy and daddy duck had these beautiful little baby ducks. And, you know, we'd stop and look at them and, oh, look at the little babies. They're so cute. Well, the dad duck is actually quite protective of his young and will bark at you, duck bark at you, chase you. He even went, almost went into flight one day chasing me which the kids find hilarious, also a little bit scary at times, but sometimes they're on their bikes so they can get away a bit faster than me. So anyway, in our kind of, you know, oh my goodness, are the ducks there? Are we going to get past today kind of hilarity? We decided to start taking some bread to feed them. Then we realized that we shouldn't really be feeding them bread because it's not good for them. So then we researched what could we feed them instead. And so Marley went and researched that and then she airdropped her little screenshot to me and then we came up with a little bit of a duck feeding regime for when we go walking together that we can stop and feed the ducks but do it in a nice way with things that, you know, actually are duck friendly and are not going to harm them. Now, first of all, if life was normal, they wouldn't be walking with me as much as they have been. Actually, let's be honest, they probably wouldn't be walking with me at all. So we would never have had this experience together to start with. We would never have come up with our little duck feeding regime and we would never go and feed the ducks at that pond because when life is normal, there's school, netball, netball training, dancing, social activities, and the list goes on. Our diary is full. Our calendar is full. There would have been no time for these things. So while I haven't been much of an academic teacher, I feel like I've taught them a lot of other life things during this time and made some memories. And I kind of feel like the teachers, well, they're the experts. They can correct what they've missed. And I don't stress so much about the schoolwork as much as I did in the first few weeks. So if you've had an experience you'd love to share about your self-isolation period, I would love to do a follow-up episode of this podcast and share some of the things that you've learned about you, your kids, or life in general over this time. 
So feel free to email me at Stacey, S-T-A-C-E-Y, at thesocialhubau.com and share them with me. And I'll put them together into a follow-up episode soon. Also remember that you can subscribe to the podcast and get notified of all new episodes as they drop. And also you can leave a review. They're podcast gold. And if you pop your Instagram handle in the review or screenshot it and DM it to me on Insta at at the double underscore social double underscore hub, I'll give you a shout out on my solo eps, which I do for all my reviews. Now enough from me. I have two amazing mums ready to share their experiences of homeschooling, mumming and businessing. And first up, we have Tammy from The Mama Medic, who is a single mum with two boys and is a full-time night shift working paramedic. Jeez, what a legend. Like, I just can't even comprehend that. And then Jess from Social Us, which is a social media management agency, who also has two little ones and is working in her business with her business partner, Megan, full-time, well, as full-time as you can with two little kids, right? who are now homeschooled and what that has been like managing business, life and babies during this time. Now, obviously at time of recording in Australia, we are starting to go back to either in some states a staged return to school. In some states, they have full years going back full time. But I feel like we've been through this last couple of months with really grinning and bearing it with our teeth clenched. Am I right? So even if your kids are back at school or they're staggering in their return and, you know, that light is definitely at the end of the tunnel, I know that there's a lot of value in the community of understanding that we haven't been alone and that we aren't alone in what this entire journey of mumming and businessing and life is like. So with further ado, over to them. Okay, now we have Tammy from The Mama Medic here to chat to us about her experience with homeschooling. Now, Tam has a three and a five-year-old, and when I put the call out to get a couple of guest speakers to come and join me in this entire conversation of uh, homeschooling and coronavirusing and managing a pandemic with um, children, I really wanted to talk to people that had some younger children and Tammy's got a really unique family situation. She's juggling a lot of things. Um, So I was super keen to get her to share what she has been up to during this time. So Tam, can you introduce yourself and tell everyone about the Mama Medic and uh, what what your family situation looks like that you've been balancing at this time? Yeah, for sure. Um, So I'm a registered paramedic. I pretty much only work night shifts. So during the day, I come home after my night shift and I'm homeschooling. I'm also living with my parents post my divorce about two years ago and trying to maintain some sort of relationship with a a new guy that I've got on the scene at the moment. So that's a lot to juggle. Like (laughs) how do you physically work night shift and then homeschool? Yeah, well, I will come home after night shift. So I usually get home if I finish on time around eight o'clock. I then have to, I dump all my clothes at the back door. They go straight into the washing machine. No one's allowed to touch me. I come upstairs, I have a shower. Then I actually get to interact with my kids. Yeah, because do breakfast. Obviously, the hygiene thing being a paramedic. Yeah, that's it. So if I'm not changing at work, I'm changing at home. Uh, and then everything is getting washed and sanitized at the end of 
every shift. So we've got a rule, no boots in the house, uniform only goes to the laundry and my boys are not allowed to give me a cuddle or a kiss until I've gone upstairs, had a shower, washed my hair. Um, that, that's not a normal one. If I, it, It's usually I, I'll do a lot of showering at work if I've actually had a patient who's got coronavirus or suspected. Then after my shower, we come down, we'll have breakfast together. I do an hour, an hour and a half of schoolwork. We then try and maybe cook or um, do some sort of craft and then we'll go for a walk, bike ride, go to the coffee shop and then we're back home and I'll sleep for three hours and then I'm back up making dinner, dressing the kids in their PJs and then I'm back to work again. So that's, that's, which, that's my day. <laughs> so you obviously like three hours, that's the amount of sleep. Yeah, I'm, I'm like my dad. Yeah, I can only, I usually function three to four hours if I get that sort of sleep. I'm fairly well and I'll do that three to four nights a week. So the most I'll do is about four nights in a row. Yeah. So, you know, that's, it's pretty amazing. Like I, my mum lives with us, so I can mm-hmm. totally appreciate the support from your parents. And when she moved in with us, I was a single mum with my girls. They were one and three when I became a single mum. And when she was the one that actually suggested we live together and it was phenomenal, not, not just from a support yeah. point of view, but the kids, like they're old, they're nine and 11 now, but they love having her around. Like we wouldn't go back ever. I don't think we all love living together. That's it. I'm finding it hard to move out. My yeah. <laughs> partner wants to buy a house and I'm like, oh, I do, I do like being here with mum and yeah. dad. It, yeah. it has its ups and downs. We sort of, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very aware that I would not be able to do my job without them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when we do have a couple of those fights because I've left the house messy, then I, I sort of realise that, yep, yeah, okay, I am getting a lot of support from them to, yeah. for me to be able to maintain my job. I just could not see myself not doing my job. That yeah. was my my biggest thing after my divorce was I'm not giving up my job. I gave up a lot of other things, but my job was not going to be one of them. Yeah, cool. So can you just tell everyone a little bit more about the Mama Medic and what your Instagram page is about and your mission? So I have an Instagram page called the Mama Medic and I have life-saving advice for busy mums. The idea is you can follow my Instagram feed and just have constant reminders about first aid or CPR with hand placement. We always forget those little things. By following my page, you can have little bits of first aid information constantly coming up to your attention. And I am working on a series of YouTube videos at the moment that go for about two minutes that will explain things like febrile convulsions, how to stop a baby from choking. And my idea is basically get that information out there, get everybody sharing it because we don't really know when that's going to come in handy and when you need it is not the time that you want to um, be Googling how to do CPR. Oh, 100%. I couldn't even tell you the last time I did a CPR course and I was only thinking about it, I, I think it probably was after we spoke on email and I was looking at your Instagram and I'm like, geez, I don't even know how I would fare in a crisis if my child was choking or something right now because, and I've, you know, being a 40-year-old woman, I've done CPR courses in the past but definitely not up to date. And those things change all the time too. Yeah, that's it. And my idea is it is actually quite simple um, but I think it's not very accessible. We think we need to go and do a CPR course to know how to do it. I just want mums who are, we are busy, we're all time poor, um, to just know the basics, to know when to treat a fever or things like, you know, what temperature, oh, what over what temperature is a fever and when do you yeah. actually give Penadol? Yeah. Um, little things like that that I think yeah. are, are so valuable. 
Yeah, for sure. You obviously love your job, like to be putting all this in- stuff out there on Instagram and building a brand around your knowledge, but um, also to be working night shift and managing <laughs> all the family stuff at the same time. Like you obviously love what you do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think as a mum, particularly as a single mum, you've just got to do whatever it takes. At the moment, it's me staying awake working night shifts. So then I am there for my kids during the day. Yeah. And that's, I've particularly found that more important now with um, the pandemic that's going on. I'm needing to be here a lot more with them. Uh, it's great. I feel like they're, they're not missing out. Yeah, cool. So the whole, um, the theme of this podcast episode is homeschooling. So you've got one in school and one was he would have been at daycare, I would imagine, at some point. Yeah, he was at daycare. I pulled them both out at the same time. I, I pulled them out that first Monday that the Premier stated that it's yeah. recommended you keep your kids home. Um, I, I felt as a healthcare professional that I was probably more likely to actually contract coronavirus than pass it to my kids. My kids would be going to school than passing it to families. And I just thought I had a bit of a responsibility not to be sending them to school. Yeah. Um, so as soon as I could, we did. And we started the end of the term just fairly light sort of things that I was making up around the home to do. But this current this week we've started with a fuller curriculum that's been prepared by our teachers and they've been amazing. They give us all the work we need, textbooks. They're logging on three or four times a day to meet with the kids and giving us activities. So we, I felt very supported in knowing what to teach them. Um, and, yeah, now it's just <laughs> finding the time. Had to teach them, so I still have to be fairly flexible with that. Yeah, for sure. And I was about, I was the same. Like it was because we're both from New South Wales, so I remember. I think it was that weekend they they closed the pubs and clubs. I think over the weekend, and then they made the announcement on that Monday was something something like that. And I had already decided that weekend prior that if there was no announcement, I was already going to pull my kids at the end of that week. It was yeah. just, it was getting to that point help from a health perspective for me. I thought it's safer for the kids that have to go because their parents need to work that they can go to a place where there's less people and safer for my children and my family unit that they could stay home. So I'd already kind of made that decision and then it was kind of made for me, which was really easy because with older kids, the pressure, the peer pressure of wanting to be what they do, what sorry, be with their friends or do what their friends are doing is really prevalent. So it made it really easy for me to say you're not going back to school because all their friends pretty much weren't going at the same yes. time. So it took that decision away for me, which I was really grateful for. But from a health perspective, I was ready to do it anyway. So talk me through because obviously he's in kindy. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, kindy yep. this year. Kindy this year. So how's that gone? Because with it, with two girls in year four and year six, my experience has been more around, you know, Ella will come to me with something and I just don't even know what it is she's talking about. Like I have to Google some of these English terms or like the new way that kids do math. Just, I don't, I don't get it. Like I teach her my old way and then she goes, that's not how we do it. And to me, I'm just like, that doesn't even make sense. But I've often thought, you know, if I had a little preppy or a kindy kid, would I really worry too much about what I was doing? So I'm curious to know, like, what have, what sort of things have you been doing and how have you found the experience for you and also for him? Yeah, I am. My oldest would be my most stubborn and he hates being told what to do. And I thought this is going to be horrendous. 
uh, what I ended up doing was I set him up his own little school area and I said, this is your new school. We're going to learn at home. I come down at eight o'clock that morning and I can hear him yelling out, mom, I'm in school. I'm in school. We need to start. So he's happy to learn. I continue teaching him. If he's not, we'll go outside. We'll have a break. We've mostly been focusing on just a bit of maths and a bit of English. For me, it's been easy because our maths is two plus four and our (laughs) words words are no more than four letters long. So what, what I found that was something that we needed to focus on was he'd come home from school and he actually had really poor handwriting. And his teacher kept saying to me, you need to work on his grip strength, you need to work on his grip strength. So we've been focusing on that. And one of the pros that's come out of this is that he's had that one-on-one time with me to really improve his writing that if he'd been at school, I think it would have been overlooked a little bit more and probably could have caused him to fall behind a bit. So I'm quite grateful in the fact that I've been able to spend this extra time with him and really focus on his writing. And I've seen that marked improvement, which it's great for me. It's really rewarding seeing that result. The um, difficulties that I've been having is trying to juggle a five and a three-year-old, the three-year-old not quite understanding, wanting attention, really I can get him to draw for like five minutes, if that. Yeah, um, I mean, so their he, attention spans like two seconds. Let's oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And trainers think they're 30. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and mine are two boys, so yeah. they just don't stop, whether it's their hand down their pants or they're on the trampoline. <laughs> I turn my back for five minutes. I've got someone fly-kicking someone else to the face. So I just we just kind of set up in the study together. My three-year-old is getting a lot more um, iPad time and screen time than what he normally would. But I figured at the moment it's focus on my five-year-old. And, yeah, like I said, we do we do one to maybe two hours a day and yeah. I just really work around my five-year-old Duke. So we've had nights where we've been up at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night doing schoolwork because he's ready to learn at that, st- at that point. Yeah, that's interesting, hey. Like mm. they, it's funny, like, you know, they have their own biorhythms around when they're better to learn and better to do things, but they have to fit in with the the normal school timetable yes. because that's kind of what works. And um, interestingly, both, both of my girls are just like me. They're, they're really good in the morning, but yep. after lunch and in the afternoon, no way. <laughs> like, so we're, it's, it, which works well for me because I've been able to do most of the stuff with them in the morning um, and then we go for a walk or do all that stuff in the afternoon, whereas I've mixed it up and done it around the other way and it's just turned to absolute shit trying to get them to do schoolwork in the afternoon because they're just not, and they're probably conditioned to it too after being at school for so long now. But it's interesting to see how kids are, when left to their own natural biorhythms, have different ways and different times that they learn better. Exactly. And I I read an article where it said boys will tend to begin to switch on at around 11 o'clock in the morning. And once I read that, it was like a light bulb for me because I was getting up trying to do work first thing. And what we do now, if we can't start working by nine o'clock and he's not in the mood, we just go for a walk, we go for a jump on the trampoline, we come back and then we reset. And I found that's just helped just sort of following his cues and I'm not pushing him. I don't want him to hate schoolwork. So if he's not in the mood to do something, we'll either change topics or we just have a break. And that's been the biggest lifesaver for me. Yeah. And we like, and you touched on, you know, so there's some really nice positives that have come out from it and you being able to notice what he wasn't so, what he was struggling with or challenged with. And 
I noticed it as well with my girls is there's a couple of things that they were really challenged with. So I could spend the time to really explain it to them. And I've seen that just click, which is great. Yes. And I mean, I'm sure they get that at school. I just don't see it, but I'm not, I'm not one of those mums that's at school. I don't go and sit at school. I don't go and volunteer at school a lot because I'm just, it's not really my thing. And I'm quite open about saying that. I think the mums that it is their thing, they should do it. And if it's not your thing, then, you know, I'm better at being the sports mum on the weekend and being the fun mum that goes to the theme parks and goes camping and does all that stuff. So it's been good for me to to see where they're at as well. And I found that's been a really good positive. Yes, and you probably would not have seen that if it no. wasn't for them being at home. And that, that's exactly what I've found. Yeah. So that, that leads in into the last little bit that um, I want to talk about is what is the positives? Now, you've touched on a couple, but um, what are some of the other positives you've seen come from it? Because, yes, it's been a, a, a bit of a shitty situation. I think, you know, at time of recording, we're starting to lift restrictions here in Australia. I think Australia has been extremely fortunate to be an island nation and extremely fortunate that we are at a stage so quickly where we can start to lift restrictions. I, I hope that the Australian population aren't complacent at the, at the same time. I would like yes. to say that. But um, <laughs> what, what are some of the positives that you've seen come from it? Because I know that there are a lot of positives from a family perspective that are coming from this too. Oh, definitely. Um, besides my cupboards being a lot cleaner and all the rooms <laughs> yes. have been fresh, freshly painted in the house, <laughs> um, we're definitely, I, I think it was maybe the pause that everyone needed. Um, yeah. I'm always out running about and I find my day would get away from me by the time I dropped my oldest at school and then we're doing gym classes with the kids. I'm like, I just had no time to stop. And I think it's quite nice now. We're going two or three, four or five days without leaving their house. And I've just found that quite calming on the kids. I feel more connected to my kids. Um, my, my parents just love it. My dad has a veggie garden, so the kids are out in a veggie garden with him of an afternoon. It's just, to me, it's brought back maybe old-fashioned values. We're yeah. doing a lot more old-fashioned things. We're cooking a bit more. We're The board game covered, we've organised our board game covered again. Everyone's playing board games. And it's just made us all realise that, you know, you can still be productive just with that slower pace of life. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. And there's even a small part of me that doesn't really want the kids' sport to go back this year. And oh, no. Doesn't, doesn't <laughs> want some of those things to go back to normal, not just this year. Like I just, I'm like, can we just have a break for just this year and, you know, ha- reclaim my Saturdays instead of as much as I love the girls playing netball, but reclaim those Saturdays. We've been going for walks and catching up with a friend for a walk, you know, just in a socially distant way. Um, but those yeah. things we don't normally get to do and it's been really enjoyable and I I want to continue to use this time to make those memories that we'll remember and go, oh, wasn't that a really nice thing that came out of it? Yeah, definitely. And yeah. Um, I think it's it's nice not having pressure to go visit people or yeah. to, to meet up with people. I'm actually oh. enjoying being a bit of a recluse and yeah. I don't need to make an excuse if I don't want to go out for wines. The social pressure <laughs> of being an Australian because we're such social people, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, cool. Thank you so much, Tam, for jumping on and sharing your experience. And if you want to check out Tammy on Instagram, it's at the Mama Medic, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah the, that'll be the all Mama on Medic. the show notes. And that's all on the show notes for the episode. Okay, great. Thank you. All right, now we have Jess here from Social Us. 
And Jess, now I don't even think I know how to pronounce your last name, even though we feel we've been Insta friends for a while now. How do I pronounce your last name? Ossipenko. Ossipenko. Now, where is that from? What, Ukrainian. What, Ukrainian. Okay, yeah. cool. So Jess is from Social Us, which is a social media marketing agency. And um, she has, I'll let her tell you about her business anyway, but Jess has got two little kids. And when I put the call out to do a podcast episode on homeschooling, Jess was one of the first people that put her hands up. And seeing as we've been Insta friends for a little while now, I thought, yes, this would be a great opportunity to introduce Jess to the uh, podcast community. We've often bonded over our love for a glass of wine. (laughs) (laughs) It's the simple things. (laughs) Yeah. Love for a glass of wine. And also, um, we've also bonded over the challenges of um, raising a business and children at the same time, even though our kids are reasonably different ages. So Jess, do you just want to tell everyone, first of all, a bit about you, Social Us and um, you, your kids? Yep, absolutely. Thank you. So um, yep, I'm Jess, uh, mum of two. So I've got Michaela, who's seven, and Jude, who is two. Um, I'm an ex-corporate human who has been self-employed um, in a nurturing partnership with one of my closest friends, Megan, for about 18 months now and we own like you said social us which is social media uh, management business basically if you want the real um tongue twister here specializing um in optimizing strategizing and supporting small business when it comes to their facebook and insta platforms um like many other business owners covid19 has taken a bit of our spunk Um, And along with what was to begin with a level of uncertainty job-wise in relation to my other half, homeschooling with a toddler at my feet and just the what the heck is going on type of vibe. I wasn't really sure what the end game would look like um, in terms of business and my emotional and mental state, to be honest. So it's been a bit of a roller coaster um, and at times incredibly challenging. But for me personally, it isn't just the financial pressure, but it was the forced segregation which was put in place yeah. for good reason, obviously, but it's unknown. It's foreign to a lot of humans and we crave that touch and the affection and the FaceTime. So it's just been a real different time in our lives, that's for sure, especially with family and friends. It's, yeah, and us women, we need our tribe, like we need our girls, you know. Absolutely. We need to see our girlfriends. We need to be able to hug them and, you know, t- I, I'm, I remember one of the first things I said when we went into isolation was I'm an extrovert who's going to not cope with being able to touch other people. Yeah. Because when I see my friends, I'm always hugging them or touching them or, you know, putting a hand, like when I'm talking to them, you know, give them a, a slap when they say something funny and, you know, all those Absolutely. sorts of things. And even like your mum and dad, you know, yeah. like my dad's a little bit older and, you know, he's kind of the the one that we were, I guess, concerned about. And then my mum's an asthmatic. So it's yeah. like, oh, gosh, we've got to tread really carefully. And it's just weird. It's like, oh, when is this going to be able to, like, when am I going to be able to hold your hand or, or give you a hug? And so, um, are you, have you got family like close-knit family nearby, like would you normally yeah. see your family a lot? Yeah, so that's yep. a hard thing as well, isn't it? Oh, it sucks. Yeah, yeah. Sucks. yeah. 
I feel so fortunate that my mum actually lives with us. Like we've got a fully self-contained granny flat, um, which she lives downstairs from us. So every time when all the restrictions were really bad, which was just before like Easter and over Easter when it was like you can't, can only exercise with members of your household, um, we could still go, I could still go for a walk with her and the kids the whole time because yeah. she was a part of our household. Whereas awesome. if we hadn't lived together, I would have been really stressed about having the kids around her um, yeah. and it would have added such a different dynamic. So, yeah, sometimes I feel like my life hasn't really changed except that I've got more people under my feet, which kind of does my head in. But <laughs> <laughs> And I don't think we're meant to spend this much time with our husbands and our children. Like, <laughs> have time away from them oh my gosh yeah lucky in some cases unlucky in others <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. Sure. <laughs> for sure all right so two and seven so Michaela Michaela yeah so she's in what year two yes year two yeah because yep. you're in New South Wales as well hey yes yeah yeah, yeah. so you a year two are so junior school so there would have been no easter hat parade for her this year nope no No. mother's day stall so i didn't get the rock and i didn't get the um the candle or the beautiful notebook or the vouchers um i did get a shell and a coin and that was beautiful but you know it's all those little things that that you miss as a parent as well as you know the little humans I was really looking forward to my fifth pink spatula from the Mother's Day store. <laughs> I've got a collection of pink spatulas over the years. Um, so I missed out on that this year, but I've got enough to keep me going. Um, and a two-year-old, obviously, um, well, they're two-year-olds. What can you say? They're just a law mm. unto themselves, aren't they? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And now he wants the attention. He actually tells me to get up when I'm sitting in front of the computer. get off get off so it's yeah quite demanding and obviously he's not in daycare either at the moment so um yeah it's been challenging so what has the homeschooling situation looked like for you um with a year two have you worried too much about it or like have you tried to stick to it how did she go how did you go Well, I mean, the fact that I'm not a teacher and have zero patience and constantly being told off by a toddler is absolutely challenging, (laughs) to say the least. I mean, the kid's cute, don't get me wrong, but I feel so much guilt when it comes to my daughter, who's basically left to her own devices. And the God that girls, and we're talking about this, are so independent because she's basically left with her laptop in her room. And I'm like, right, if you need me to print this stuff out, I'll print it out. You need to roll with it. This is what you need to do and she'll just roll with it I mean she misses her friends um, and that's probably the saddest part because you know there is that real longing longingness for her to to go back off her own back because yeah. she misses her buddy she misses her teacher and the interaction and in junior um, school they love their teacher like oh, I remember exactly. Marley particularly had one teacher in junior school she came home at the end of the year and cried because it wasn't going to be your teacher next year. Like they just get so attached at that young age. Absolutely. And if you're there five days a week, you know, from for us 9.20 till 3.20, I mean, that's a, that's a big part of your life. Yeah. And they don't understand the real repercussions of this virus. So, um, I mean, I just have so much love and appreciation for these teachers. Oh, I could not do this every day. 100%. No. I think the whole world now has a new appreciation oh. for teachers. 
Um, so when, so with her, did she have like um, any online, like um, access to anything online? Like how was your school set up? Because it's been really interesting talking to all the different people and how all the schools were set up as well. It's all online. It's this portal that you can access from a computer, from a laptop, from a phone. Um, I can see everything that's that's going on. Um, you know, we've got access to it. It's easy for her to now manoeuvre through now that we've been doing this for a while. I just kind of have faith that she'll run through what she needs to do or respond to the teacher. So messages can come through as well. It's really easy and really straightforward. She is a child that. Um, you know, would probably prefer to have a worksheet and fill it in. So I tend to be printing off a lot. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it's all online. It's really, really straightforward. And the programs, the Reading Express and the Mathletics, that's all via a computer. So it's, I mean, it's pretty easy to work through. Yeah. Um, I'm, like I'm pretty lucky. She's pretty yeah. independent. We'll just get it done. Yeah. And I know my girls' school, like they've had, they call it BYOD, which is bring your own device, and they've been doing that. This would be for Ella. She's in year six, so she'd be in her kind of, you know, second two and a half years now she's kind of been doing this. And Marley, this would be her second year of it. And, yeah, they were the same. Like it was like I I met, rang the school on the Monday when they said you should keep your kids home. I said, they're not coming back um, until whenever I'm going to homeschool them. And they said, yep, no worries. And the teachers sent out through a, through all the apps that we communicate with their timetables, which had hyperlinks on it. So I just had to, you know, save it as a bookmark for them and they had access to everything they already needed. So it was challenging to manage only from, for me in the sense that you know, I look at Ella's year six work and sometimes I don't even understand some of it. Like, and I consider myself reasonably smart, but obviously not academically smart for a year six curriculum. But, you know, that was hard and, and you know, adjusting to everything. But mm. from a technology, like for them seamlessly, it was the same work. When I've spoken to other people and, you know, some friends in Queensland that nothing was online at the school and they had to scramble the beginning of term two when things were crashing and platforms weren't working. And so it hasn't been, I, I just kind of assumed you get in your little bubble that all schools do roughly the same thing and they clearly did not. So it's definitely been a different experience for a lot of people. And so did you do like a, you know, here's your morning, what you're meant to do recess. Did you follow that or did you just kind of go, so long as you do a little bit of whatever, it's okay. Um, I think it got to the point, that's what we used to do. It used to be, okay, we'll do this in the morning. Yes, have a break because we we also got um, a timetable that kind of was introduced a few weeks in. And now I'm like, right, okay, have breakfast, jump on that computer, just smash it out, girlfriend. Like, Just, just get rid of it because when you finish, <laughs> You can actually have your screen time or go and play outside in the sunshine for a bit, you know. I guess it's kind of gotten to the point where she's over it as well. She she wants to be in a classroom, see her friends, so just smash it out and get rid of it. That's kind of maybe not the best mindset to have, but, hey, it works. Just getting it done, the teacher's happy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But, hey, we didn't sign up to be homeschool teachers. 
No way. <laughs> that wasn't what we wanted to do. Oh, I never thought in my life, in my adult life as a parent, that this would be something t- that we would be doing. Like it actually blows my mind. It's, oh, I know. It blows my mind too. Oh, God. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> and, you know, like obviously in Australia we've been really fortunate in the sense that it hasn't been months and months of lockdown um, I know that um, family that I've spoken to that live in Canada and other people I know in the States, they're like September at the earliest is oh, when their children will go to school next. Although they do have over there their summer break, which is mm. June, July, whereas that's winter over here. So it is a little bit different. But, you know, I know when my kids first came home and it was like, oh, my God, this could be six months, like, the time frame of having to do that was in, incomprehensible to me mm. that it would be six months. And here we are mid-May. It's been a couple of months and they're starting to go back to school now. My kids are just in that first week of um, staged return. So, you know, there's definitely light at the end of the tunnel for mm. us. I don't know I don't know how those other families in those other countries, you know, have, have the mental capacity to to know that there's no no change until potentially September or longer. Oh, that's It breaks my heart yeah, because yeah. they've still got such a long road ahead of them regardless of whether they've got that holiday break. <laughs> it's a long time. I mean, we've yeah. just kind of hit May. That yeah. I feel for them. Yeah, we've definitely been very fortunate here. But something that I spoke to um, our other guest, Tammy, on the podcast and I talked about in my little intro as well is what is something or some of the things that you're grateful for out of this? Because I know there has, and I've shared already on the the podcast today, some of the things I've been grateful for. And I know that a lot of people I speak to have been able to find little silver linings in the, the dark and stormy clouds that have been rolling around. So what are some of the things that you've, you've found have been enjoyable? Um, so probably two things. So at a time initially where I was once what I'd probably classify myself as a social butterfly, so visiting friends and going out for lunch and all the rest of it, I actually find solace and comfort at home with the people who matter to me the most. Um, and it's actually taken me several months to have a mindset like this. Like I said yeah. previous, it's been an absolute wave of emotion. Yeah. Um, it just didn't seem real, let alone possible, to actually turn around and say, hey, there is a positive to all this. Um, it's also a real smack in the face to not take shit for granted. And for me, that's probably been the the biggest, you know, what am I grateful for? So like what we were saying earlier, a hug, a kiss, um, you know, stuff that we just do but is now forbidden if you want to call it, um, that really hurts my heart and it's been quite eye-opening. Um, you know, the, the future remains unknown but, you know, if anything, I've identified a strength that at one time I didn't think existed. So yeah. that's pretty empowering. You know, I know that I'll grow a lot as a human personally and professionally through this um, and I'll be stronger for my kids and I look forward to, you know, the years to come turning around and being like, you know what, that was hard AF, but we got through it, we made it, and you know what, 
we're here to tell the tale today. Do you know what I mean? So as, as much as it's unknown, there is, you're right, there is a silver lining. So that's probably two of the things that I'm most grateful for. Yeah, and I think a lot of people have felt that way, that spending a bit more time at home and having the time to do that, and I was saying that just before we hit record when we were having a little chat first, was because um, you said to me, what are some of the things you've liked about it? And I'm like, well, there's no all the things aren't there. You can't go anywhere. There's no birthday parties. There's no barbecues. There's no nothing to go to because you can't go anywhere. We're just starting to be able to do things now. We've just started to, to catch up with people and go for a walk or whatever. Um, but, you know, without the absence of all those things that are normally happening in normal life, we've been able to enjoy the simple things, which for me with older children, uh, particularly uh, one about to go into high school next year, there's so much reliance on external things that bring happiness in the world and mm-hmm. kid, our kids are growing up in a world like that where everything's at your fingertips all the time. Mm-hmm. You don't go without anything ever. Well, my kids don't. I know most kids don't. And we're not yeah. even, you know, one of the most affluent families around, but our kids don't go without. So mm-hmm. it's been really humbling to be able to spend that time just enjoying simple things like going for a walk or, you know, when where we live right up until what well, would have been after Easter, probably up until like Anzac Day, it still was hot. We were going swimming, you know, and, and we yeah. I was like, we're so lucky to do that because some people live in a city and can't leave their apartment building. So yeah, exactly. You know, there's definitely I think if you have the ability to put that spin on it, it makes it easier to not only that, but I mean probably the biggest um tip and trick is the fact that you know we really learnt to ration toilet paper like at one point <laughs> I didn't think we'd ever get the crap wrap honestly I thought no nah, this is never going to happen you should have seen my face when I got a big 10 roll after four to five weeks and, you and know what? we rationed hardcore oh <laughs> the fear the absolute fear when everyone was getting to the bottom of their toilet paper and going am I actually going to be able to find something and, you know, you were willing to, to use anything to wipe your ass with, really. Absolutely. Paper towel, <laughs> bit of, like, rough bark from out in the garden. <laughs> so, you know, we've, we've really learnt to appreciate this, the simple things. And it was so funny. Yeah. I went to the supermarket recently and I went, oh, my God, there's, like, a whole aisle of toilet paper. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. It's so funny. So yeah. um, your daughter's going, your a stage return, you said she's starting back next week. Yep. So um, like you your girl should be forward to it one day. Listen, yeah. um, I am. I am for her yeah. sake, you know. Um, there is always that level of anxiety, which I yeah. think is completely normal, but I think she needs to and she needs to see her buddies, I mean, and her teacher. You know, yeah. oh, she needs to see a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need a time out. I don't yeah. know what I'll do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I know mine were mine were happy to go back. They, they our our school did, you know, letters of the alphabet. So it was A to E on Monday. Same. D, e to whatever on the next day. And so they already had planned out who was gonna be there and who was going on what day. So 
Um, I said to them, you will have to go extra days because I've got work that has to be done. Um, and, and so they were like, you know, all right, well, I can book my clients in around. So which day would you like to go this week? Um, so they've enjoyed that, but I don't, I don't think it will be that long before they'll be back full time. I think it seems to be, it'll go reasonably quickly, but homeschooling has been an experience and to all the mums out there listening, the whole point of this podcast was to let you know that you are not alone, that you don't have to love homeschooling. If you have enjoyed it, more power to you um, and we applaud you. We need people in the world like you mums that have taken to it like a duck to water, um, 100%. But, yeah, you know, managing children and a business and um, a family at the same time, I think I said in my intro that, you know, it feels like a lot of the time us women are almost expected to be able to do it simultaneously without breaking down and that's just not realistic or achievable or good for our mental health so Mm. these conversations between us women for us women is really important yep amen yeah cool all right thanks jess we'll look after yourself and your babies and your family and um i will look forward to catching up again when um the the schedule is a bit more stabilized (laughs) sounds great thank you Stace (laughs) thanks for listening to the social hub podcast you can find the show notes for today's episode over at all the w's the social hub au.com forward slash podcast and if you want to join me in my community and continue the conversation, jump over to Facebook and join the Social Media 101 Facebook group. Until then, stay classy. Hold up.